0: Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet okay, on. Okay, welcome to episode 20 of Ask Alex on the OneOuter.com podcast. Um, we've had a little bit of technical difficulties at the start, so we're hoping that if this gets released, you can uh, hear us, and if there is any little static noises in the background, you can put up with it. Uh, Alex, uh, how are you doing today, and have you sorted your computer and
1: mic? I'm seriously happy to be here. I couldn't couldn't let this be cancelled, but yeah, you'd think between two... I pulled out every trick I had, and we still had... It sounds pretty good now on my end, but, yeah, two computers and uh, four microphones I have sitting next to me and a set of headphones, and I still don't know, like, what in the world was going on. There's nothing wrong with my Internet connection. I have two different Internet connections. So, I mean, I had everything set up so this would not happen, and, uh, you know, Murphy's Law did happen but yeah everything's so cheap and made in china these days i don't know like when it's me being stupid or when i broke something or when something just came to me broken so anyway moving on yeah it's
0: temperamental um (laughs) okay we've got a few questions in and we are going to talk about alex's new project and new video offerings uh product shall we say Uh, that he's mentioned previously, Uh, so we'll be touching on that. A reminder to join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash OneOuter, and follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com, that's at O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. Okay, Uh, what we'll do, Alex, I think, is we'll maybe do the questions first. And then we'll take it from there and speak about your your new project, which is quite cool. Uh, I've managed to to see a little preview of it. Um, Okay, so the first question is from Ron. Hey guys, I enjoy the show. I have a question about understanding what to do with Flopzilla information. For example, I had a Queen-10 suited hand and I was looking at it the other day. I put in a 20% range for my opponent then put my cards in and calculate. So obviously get the percentages that he has. The board came out Queen-6-9 with two clubs. Long story short, he had Ace-King of clubs and hit his Nut Flush. But I'm trying to know what I do with Flopzilla info. I know that the Nut Flush is in his range, etc. I'm hoping you can talk more about drawing conclusions and action items from looking at a hand in Flopzilla. Thanks.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Flopzilla is... Uh I mean, the first time somebody shows you an abacus, it's pretty hard to know what to do with it. You really need somebody to describe what to do. And, uh, uh, by the way, my dogs have started doing this American Gladiators thing every time I start talking on a microphone. So if you hear some pat a pat pat in the background, forgive me, and some, like, little whimpering and barks, forgive me. But, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a little difficult to use. I would really recommend uh, reading through the user manual. It's definitely boring as hell, but uh, it, for something as useful as Flobzilla, it's well worth the time. And uh, if you're like me, I feel kind of guilty about this, but like I actually paid a Peruvian kid to read through it and then give me the cliff notes. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm guessing that's not in most people's wheelhouses, but you can get like the one brainiac in your group to do it and teach everybody else, and then you all got to... I don't know. You have to all buy him dinner or, or, you know, he. the next three times you guys go out, the drinks are on you guys. But uh, I, uh, th- there was also a video out uh, by a uh, gentleman, Splitsuit, I think is his name, uh, his screen name. Uh, he has a bit of a funny southern drawl, which a lot of my foreign students find pretty funny. But uh, his, uh, his video is excellent. It's free and it's uh, just talking about how you can use Flopzilla for a bunch of things. But uh, here's some of the basic ways I use Flopzilla. Uh, one thing it's really helpful for is, uh, let's say you're, uh, you're getting a price to call versus one opponent. You can put in what their raise first is, and then uh, you can put your hand on the side in dead cards, and it'll show what your equity is versus that range. And then you can decide if, okay, that's enough equity for me to continue here. If it's not, uh, you, you can look at pretty much any hand history replayer and they'll tell you what kind of percentage you need to be getting to continue there. And if you're being offered a premium, uh, on, you know, you need 28% equity, but you, you, you don't want to have 28.2. You want to have like 33 or 34. You can continue. And, uh, another fun thing I like to do there is just put in a bunch of random flops, uh, just hit random flop. And then, uh, it, it, it'll show you, you know, like, oh, how good am I doing here? And then you can look at the range that uh, he has. So you can see, like, oh, he has this, this much, and this, that much. And this will really, uh, really clarify, let's say you have something like Ace-8 offsuit. There's a lot of times you, your equity will be sufficient to call pre-flop, but you'll look at the flop and it'll be like, it'll show you, you know, you do a random flop and it'll show you what your opponent has, and it'll be like you know, 60% of the time, he has nothing. And then, uh, you know, the other 38% of the time he has you beat are not quite that distribution, but it'll be like, you know, the guy has nothing or he has you beat, you're probably not going to be able to realize your equity post flop. Whereas if you take something like an eight, six suited, that's probably going to flop a little more uh, effectively for you. And uh, another really fun thing to do with Flopzilla is, uh, you can put one hand into the left hand side and then it'll show you what you flop in uh to the right and uh this is really interesting because you'll find out with hands like eight six suited nine seven suited you flop two pair a flush draw or a straight draw are better uh 24 percent of the time and that's not even including the additional eight percent of the time you flop a very weak top pair so hands like those uh you think about it, one-third of the time you have top pair or better. That's actually a pretty effective hand. And uh, these are the type of hands that you'll see uh, many poker players uh, askew, I guess would be the word, or like they don't really readily want to use in uh, when they're pla- in training videos. But, uh, you know, a hand abacus, a hand calculator like Flopzilla will show you how good it is. And uh, the one that's really interesting to me is like uh, – when a guy continuation bets, like, let's say, like, 70 80% of the time, uh, let's just assume he C-bets everything. So you put out the flop, and then you'll see in that little middle section, you know, what he has, right? And the really interesting thing to me is to put a little filter next to everything you think he would play to a check raise. And, I mean, this is one very, very simple version of this. And... Uh, you put a little marker next to everything you think he would play, and whatever remains is the percentage of hands you think he's going to fold versus a check raise. So, like, there's a lot of times if he's playing second pair or better, he's folding 60 65% of the time, which means you would, uh, it, if you check raise the size of the pot, which would be a mammoth check raise in most tournaments, uh, your bet needs to work 50% of the time. You're clearing a 10-15% edge, and to reiterate, uh, if you've seen that movie 21, where they, uh, they if the actual MIT team had a cross-dressing Asian man as their leader, which they turned into, you know, suave Kevin Spacey, but anyway, uh, they, you know, those kids who were like flying around the world and like pressing, uh, I mean, pressing millions of dollars, they were pressing 1% edges, you have a 10-15% edge here. So that, that stuff's really interesting to me because a lot of guys now, obviously people go, well, he's C-betting 70%, 80%. He's not C-betting 100%. But you have to think about it. When you flat from the blinds, uh, or even when you flat in position, I mean, a little well, let's say just from the blinds to start, a lot of times when you check, people do not check behind. Let's say the board is king of diamonds, six of diamonds, three of hearts. A lot of times people don't check behind a jack nine of hearts. They're not going to check fold. Uh, they see no real reason to balance their range, as they shouldn't. You're playing a version of Zoom poker, because you only play 50-100 hands with most people, and uh, the pots are very big on the flop, and there's not really much potential for backdoor flush draw equity for implied odds on the turn and river, because the stacks don't greatly expound. They don't become much bigger on the turn and river, because you have a finite number of blinds. It kind of stops at 40-50, so most people get into the habit of continuation betting here all their air because you know, honestly it's a pretty good idea it's going to increase their stack size by 10 20%. Now what that means is if they check back anything on that board it's something with some showdown value which means their their c betting range is actually weaker in the current example i gave you where they were defending with second pair or better that means the guy was three-bet jamming eights on like a king-six-two board. The range we're actually giving this guy is weaker. He might be bet-folding sixty-seven, seventy percent of the time. Now these are obviously the most extreme numbers. They're not normally this good, but uh, I have seen it that good. When you have people that uh, you have people that when they check back, it's only really a hand, and when they see bet, it's on. It's uh, most of their bet three bet getting it in range, which is like top pair better, and they're nothing type hands. And that's one basic example of how to use Flopzilla to really construct a bluff. Uh, another, it, it, it gets, it, I, I mean, this is kind of like how do you use a calculator. It's, it, it's, uh, it's very difficult for me to summarize in one go. Uh, I can tell you, uh, here comes the plug, but no, honestly, the, in U-flat too much, I use uh, Flopzilla pretty extensively, showing how we can use it in different situations. I show you how you can construct a 4-bet bluff, a uh, cold 4-bet bluff, which is one of the most useful ways to use Flopzilla in a calculator that I know. I also show how you can compute rivers and uh, stuff like that but th- that's a very multi-layered like 20 part process i could sit here and like go through each part of it but you probably wouldn't be able to follow unless you add flobzilla open right now and uh, then we're going to be like it's going to be like one of those old classes our parents went to to learn how to operate a macintosh which i don't think is the main focal point of this podcast but that split suit uh that split suit A documentary is what I was going to say. The split suit video is actually really good for teaching you the basics. And uh, that one's free. And uh, my video has a lot of instances of how to use it. You can also watch my training videos on Pocket Fives. There's a lot of times I get to a... You know, I use it for very basic instances, which I think is really helpful. But I also, like, when I get to a mess of a river, I'll go through and show you how to, like... You can, like, take different – you can put a filter next to each hand you think is, like, calling versus your check-raising range. And then at the bottom, there's a little button. And if you turn that button from red to green, it freezes that range and lets you take it to the turn. And then you can – something I like to do is just put in different turn cards and say, okay, what can I do with this turn card? What can I do with that turn card? What? And then, uh, obviously, you can extend this to Rivers. But more importantly, okay, on the turn card that actually came, what was his equity? Uh, what does he have? And you look at that distribution, you ask yourself, what can I get to fold here? And maybe what can I get on to fold on the river? And, yeah, it becomes very fun. I wish I could answer this. Like, <laughs> it would be uh, – I am going to be doing uh, – I did just uh, do this video, You Flat Too Much, which was more like actually really tactical preparation for uh, – for the upcoming WCOOP because I thought that would be more marketable right now and helpful to my students. Uh, but after this, I think my next project is going to be doing uh, uh, something about how do you study, and there's going to be a very large section on how to use Flobzilla because a lot of you guys have these questions and want to use Flobzilla to make the analyses that you see some players taking. And, yeah, it's a big, you know, it's probably a process teaching you that is probably going to take... You know a, a couple hours at the very least, not just flobzilla, but showing how to use every tool, yeah, yeah and I
0: suppose um uh, well, Alex, I'm coming through your speakers there. you started it,
1: yeah, I sorted it, I sorted yeah. it,
0: <laughs> yeah, um I'm not, I just I thought I'd lost you um i, I lost you many months ago, anyway but, uh, <laughs> <I did that>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um. What was I going to say there before I heard my own voice come back to me? Oh yeah, I suppose it comes down to like anything. Once you first get a HUD or hold a manager, or whatever, you don't need to know it all straight away to start like finding little edges and improving your game. Even if you just get a couple of features and just run with them and work on them, and then as you develop with it, you can start playing around with more. I think it's too easy to get, you know, totally overcome and overwhelmed with like multiple features on these things and then you end up doing nothing If, like you say if you're if you just got your HUD and it looks like complete you know algebra to you if all you looked at was like um three-bit stat or something it's going to start helping your game and you know and you'll be more focused on working on that bit and stuff as well that's you a, know so that's
1: a really good point that's why right. You, Barry, always talk about, like, this is an easy show for me because I just ask you the questions and sit and, like, have a nice tea. But, like, I mean, it's really good that you bring in that, like, that's something I totally forgot to bring up, that thank you so much. Yeah, it, like, when you're lo- looking at a HUD or looking at a flobzilla and this is something Tree Win brought up. Tree Win has this really great part, and by the way, I don't read poker books or... Watch poker on TV most of the time. I find if anything, this is going to be the most arrogant thing you hear me say. But like, if anything it misleads me. A lot of the stuff that I see, I go, oh, this one guy I really has done really well. Does this one thing? I wonder if there's anything that could go into it. And then like nine times out of ten, like two hours later of mathematical analysis, I just find the guy's like pushing buttons. You know what I mean? But like Tree Win had this thing. His books are fantastic, by the way. I just so you guys know, I really do want you to know, like, all the good material out there. And I I don't even know Tree win, like, personally or get any kickback or anything. But he had a part he was like, I know it's going to be overwhelming, but just try to get the best at one part. Like, if you don't know how to, you know, he was like, just take one flop that everybody has to deal with. Like, take a, a flop with one pair. And you know, try to get around that problem. Try to see if you can find everything about that problem, and then uh, are in, in one of the ones you know when I had to really like back up my game when I kind of like you know I hit my uh, I, I hit my peak and then I like uh, crashed <laughs> like a meteor in like 2009. I really had to rebuild my game because everybody had kind of i mean i couldn't three bet anymore because everybody four bet me, and uh <laughs> you know light five bets are pretty uh temperamental uh they're not really going be it, it, they're not going to be really working that well i mean i don't know they it, it, it was very variance prone so the first thing I focused on was just uh and this was the subject of why Pigno was right, which is available for ninety nine dollars at assassinato coaching at but the first thing I focused on was raising from short stacks. I was like, I'm going to break down my tournament game and I'm just going to learn everything there is about raising from short stacks or just playing a short stack from less than 20 big blinds. Is it actually true that, uh, is it actually, wow, is that what telephones sound like in Scotland? It's it's
0: my phone. Oh, it's it's my house phone, yeah. Yeah. I yeah just leave it. It's not nothing for no, man, yeah. I've
1: never heard one that sounds like That's no, cool. That's cool. I th- I thought it was
0: yours uh, cuz I got my headphones on. Oh, yeah, no, no yeah, that was yeah.
1: me. No, it was like uh, reminded me of like when I was in Malta and I had one I had an old rotary phone in my like World War 2 esque like god know and it sounded so weird like from a horror movie whenever it went off. Yeah. But like uh anyway no, I mean, and like, all I wanted to do, like, all I started with was I'm going to really learn everything there is to about playing less than 20 big blinds, because that always had been a very, like, really dead basic autopilot part of my game, and uh, that that turned into, like, a journey. I I ended up learning about, you know, I ended up learning about stuff that I couldn't believe was true, and I, I became much more proficient at my game, and it was just focusing on one part, whereas... If I had gone, I have to retool my entire game right now, I probably would have been like, ugh, you know, like, I can't believe this. This is terrible. Yeah. You know, this is going to take so long. So, yeah, great point, Barry. Thank you. It's, it's cool. It's, it's what I'm here for. That's why you get the um, big bucks. <laughs> that's it.
0: Um, okay, Ron, well, we hope that's answered your question. And uh, as Alex said, we'll be mentioning these new video series, You Flat Too Much, later. If you want to get that, where he does deal with Flopzilla quite a bit. Um, the next question is from Twitter, and it's at John Spasm. Uh, if you want to follow John, oh, right no, <laughs> And uh, here we go. Uh, hey, I sent in a question, but hasn't been asked. I want to know pros and cons of being staked. Is it really worth it?
1: Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. I think. I think we've had. Uh... Like a long time ago, we had that question too, but that needs to come up frequently that uh that's a re- that, I'm really glad we brought that up. By the way, about the last question i I don't get any kickback from Flopzilla. The guy who created it obviously thanks me quite a bit, but like I just so you know, I do get kickbacks on some things and I like to let you know what I do. Uh, that one I don't. It's just uh it used to take me two and a half hours to do some of the stuff that now takes me six minutes on flobzilla so i really appreciate it um the pros and cons of getting back i would uh i would recommend you google uh on google poker head rush why would you get backed and uh it's a very brief answer to this question but i also link a bunch of articles i did for bluff uh they didn't upload one there's just a preview of one which drives me nuts but the other two out of three parts are there but uh I think uh I just answered for a new article I just answered I just answered a Eastern European kid and he was a uh, he was talking about you know like should I get back should I go on my own I think it's wonderful how many uh how many backing houses there are now that will you know it used to be you gave half of your money to a backer and uh you know back in my day way back when 6 years ago 7 years ago <laughs> they would give you they would take half of your earnings And what they would do is they'd send you to a bunch of tournaments. They would send you to a bunch of live events because usually when the guy started backing, he had a lot of money, okay? You would probably brick them because you had never been to a live tournament before and young guys like backing young guys. And, uh, you know, you're 19, 20, whatever. So you get into like 100K of makeup. Nobody knew what makeup was. So if you told people you were at 100K of makeup, they would tell you you're retarded. And uh, (laughs) And then the backer would listen to these people and go, maybe I have a really bad horse. And he was like, Hey, uh, we're going to reduce our variance. You're uh, going to be playing an ABI of $43 and 23 cents now to work off that six figures of makeup. And I'm never going to put you in a Sunday at major again. Now guys in a trap, right? And he's like, oh. so he goes, I'm gonna, you know, I don't know what to do here. So now he's like depressed. So he gets further in makeup. And I mean, I watched this happen like, over and over and over again, the first, like, three, four years, I was still dealing with this once I got into consulting. But, uh, and then, uh, oh, yeah, when you left, uh, essentially a person would drop you. This was really common in the industry. They would, like, drop you by not letting you play any tournament you wanted to play, but they weren't dropping you. So if you left them in makeup, you were, like, uh, you were in the wrong, even though they really gave you no chance to recuperate your makeup. But, that that was the old days now when i work with like pokar and by the way i i do i okay i i was going to say like i get a kickback from pokar but i don't get a kickback from bringing them up i just happen to consult for them like it is a real like i have like a contractual agreement for them to bring new content every month and it's like it's really like working like with a private contractor and i have uh i have contracts i have Materials they want me to bring. I have to show up and do a webinar. I have to answer questions for like 20 kids. Uh, They record everything. They have specific topics that they want to get on. There's forums. They they have training videos. They have like hundreds of private training videos for their guys. Uh, You can start at like $4 tournaments, and you can move up into the majors if you work with them. And then they have you know they have private coaches on call, and then there's a lot of people analyzing your hands. It's like it's a corporation now. You know? yeah, it's it, professional. It's super yeah. professional. Yeah, and I was like, you know, when I got in, I was like, oh my god, right? And then uh, it, it it was pretty. It, it's it, it's cool. You know, it used to be you traded fifty percent. You really got nothing. You got a shot at some majors, and you didn't know if the guy would get it. Uh, now these guys like they've been in profit for years and it, there's guys, I mean Poker's just the example I use because there's the biggest but there's like Latvian staking groups that have done pretty well Russian staking groups that have done pretty well I uh, uh, I'm a whore so I consult for them all but uh, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's like uh, you know it, it's crazy the level of professionalism and the n- amount of coaching that you get so if you're gonna get coaching and there's a real chance for you to advance I think it's really good. Uh, I also think it's a really good idea. Let's let's say you're young, right, and uh, you're a student. And I advocate everybody. Uh, I, I was really uh, – what was that kid who was uh, complaining after the one drop, Daniel Coleman? He was a – you know, like I really felt bad listening to that kid because I kind of felt like it was a young guy saying some stuff he was going to regret. But I felt like that was a really good opportunity for – somebody to say, like, hey, you know, I'm the exception, not the rule, stay in school, and you're going to really enjoy it a lot more, and you're really going to enjoy it a lot more with, like, professional consultants like me with, like, a decade of experience there to help you. They're on call every, it used to be every couple of weeks, but most of the time it's, like, once a month with most of these places, and I show up and I answer, like, every question you could have, and, uh, you know, they have guys like, and I'm not the only one they have, they have like other coaches and they have training videos and they, they're like, I, I'm having trouble with this. Well, we, we contracted a guy, we paid a guy thousands of dollars a year ago to face that exact question. And he came up with this and you can watch that. And it's much more fun that way. It's, it's somebody else's money, but you know, you're learning how to work. And I should also say these groups are extremely efficient at uh if you scam them, they they'll like make a website that says your name as a scammer. dot com, and it'll be the first thing that comes up on Gmail. So, I that's kind of like a tough love thing, but they're kind of teaching you how to work in a business relationship. If you like, they're never gonna give you more money than you can handle. Hopefully, if they're good backers, they're never gonna give you games you can't handle without information that's not gonna that's gonna help you they're they're going to give you the information you need to get to the games you should be playing and the money you need to play them and if you stay in that contractual agreement you're really going to grow a lot of these guys know much more what's better for you than you do at this point they're you know it, it's kind of like being an apprentice for someone like that i think that's really the better thing the other uh, otherwise uh, if you would be backed uh a lot of people want to get back by a friend who has some money. I really recommend against that. Um, and this is coming from a guy who has a friend who's very affluent, who buys a lot of pieces of me when I do the live tournaments and stuff like that, because I don't really have the money for that. I <laughs> I don't have the million-plus you need for 10Ks or whatever it is. I think <laughs> I, I think even a million is a little low. But Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, for a long time I did that on my own. It's super stressful, but... The problem is when you work with friends, you know, there's a lot of times, a lot a lot of people don't get that kind of money from poker. And uh, if they do get that mo- kind of money from poker, they're savants. They expect everything to be as easy for you as it is for them. So they have really unrealistic expectations. Things really change when you start losing, especially if it's a lot of financial strain. One of my uh, best friends was my backer for years, but uh, it, it, he never even articulated this. He was, like, the nicest guy ever, but since we were, like, really close friends and I knew the amount of money I was losing could not be easy for him because I'm a really streaky player, you know what I mean? It, it was always, like, I knew that had to be hard on him, and it was, like, I just didn't feel comfortable with that, you know what I mean? That, it, And it started... I wasn't sure if it was going to affect my game and that right there made me worried about it enough to like go, okay, you know, the next time I'm out of makeup, I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to my friend who's like Bill Gates who I know could lose, you know, like there's no amount of money I could lose. That's going to freak him out because, and it's not that like one guy deserves it more than the other. It's just like, it, 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 if anything if anything, you know, the first guy probably deserved it a little more, but it was a, you know, it's more about, you want to be, it's a business relationship and you got to keep it business. And a lot of times the people who want to back you are friends and it gets really ugly. And I wouldn't recommend that. I'd really recommend you get into uh, i I'd really recommend you get into a stable that has years of experience. Pokar is the one I always recommend. Uh, the, The other groups I would recommend, but they, they speak another language besides English. So most of them can only really draw, uh, they can only, I mean, like they have members who only speak English, but like you need to like, it's pretty tough for them. You know what I mean? So I generally, if I send them your way, there's a 99% chance you'll get rejected. Whereas with Pokar, it's only 95%, but there's a, you know, like Pokar has been turning out, uh, Turning out, that's a, that's a really bad way to put it. Tur- turning out, th- do you guys have that phrase in Scotland? Yeah. Turning out, okay. <laughs> they, they, they've been turning out pros, but it, I don't know. In, in the middle of my head, it just got messed up. But they've been turning out uh, really good players. They've been making really good players for like three years. They've been profitable for years. I've been privy to a lot of different backing groups financials and most of them are pretty messy that's not really the deal with pokar and uh i don't get a percentage of anything they make uh so like i only send them there just because if i want somebody to be backed or i think somebody deserves to be backed i think that's the place and that's kind of a way i can give coaching to a lot of different people at the same time is through them because they record the videos and everything. But yeah, I would really, you know, link up with somebody who can afford to lose the money, who's going to, uh, you know, they understand it's a financial investment. It's not like a get-rich-quick scheme. And uh, there's a lot of people that think they know what it is, but they really don't know how po- how far poker can go. Tell them however bad you think it can get, double that, because tournaments are wilder at any time. Uh, I, and po- poker tournaments get really tough these days. Uh, people with experience and people who are going to coach you. Someone who's going to trade. You know, you're going to be giving up fifty percent of your profits. You want somebody who can advance you. You know, by all, by giving you the education and also giving you the opportunity to move up in stakes.
0: Yep, and uh, as Alex said, if you go through some of our earlier podcasts, we do touch on staking and things like that, and if you go to oneouter.com and just go through the previous episodes, you'll see a little bullet points of what's covered, and we definitely covered steak in it a good few times.
1: Yeah, check um, out check out those articles. I hit pretty much everything, and if you want, you can write me at Assassin Auto Coaching, and uh, I could dig up, I think. I have one more article about it.
0: Yeah, also, I was just thinking, uh, I did a podcast with uh, Moorman, so if you search for that on OneOuter.com um, or grab it from iTunes, he speaks quite a bit about that because he sort of goes the other way and he just says, if you can play, but for yourself, you know, as much as you can and and stuff like that. I know it's different for guys that are out there now who've <laughs> been doing this and they they're trying to make a living and no, stuff like that and
1: you know. That's a really good point. And yeah, you should listen to Mormon because honestly, he's the head honcho you want to look at the guy who's done it. You know what I mean? You want to hear his, I'm kind of the guy who has to get the number, uh, the greatest number of people moving uh, as opposed to, I think like Mormon, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I feel like, I I think that guy's margin of error is a little greater because he's done pretty well. You know what I mean? But like, Yeah. yeah, no, there was a, one of the happiest times in my life is when I was working on my own and, uh, When I was like 18, 19, and I had my own money, and uh, I I wasn't backed. And I really got backed way too early and got put into big tournaments way too early. And it was because I had the hunger and stuff, and it really blinded me. If you can can put together the money, if you like grinding online and you like grinding a lot, I think, uh, and you don't really care about really trying to move up, which I think is honestly where the money's at, playing on fringe networks, playing a lot, uh, not really, you, know, not really like trying to chase the big stakes, trying to, trying to perfect your game over a lot of games. I think you have a little less to gain from a back- in relationship. I think a back- in relationship really works well if you're like young, you don't have much money, uh, you don't have as much time as other people and like maybe you're going to school or working another job, then the advancement a group like Pokar provides would be really good. But if you have like, you know, if you were like me, like me and Mormon started at the same time. And I remember him and I both worked like 80 hour weeks at the beginning. You know what I mean? And it was like, we didn't have backers because like, honestly, once you get like 200, 300 buy-ins for what you're paying for playing for your risk of ruin is like really low. And, uh, you know, if you just really love playing online like Mormon does and playing low stakes. And, I mean, he he grinded the – a lot of people don't I, – I remember playing the $30 rebuy and the $20 rebuy and, like, $20 tournaments with him every day. He built – I have a ton of respect for Mormon because he built from the ground up, you know what I mean? And he did it, like, every day. You know, if you really enjoy the grind and playing and uh, you have the bankroll to do it, I think – If somebody's not really offering you a chance to play, like, much bigger tournaments, uh, I wouldn't really consider it. And uh, even if they are offering you to play bigger tournaments, a lot of people are not ready for the financial investment that's going to come with you playing bigger tournaments, and you're probably not ready either. So it's, you know, if you want to play 10Ks, it's probably you're going to have to play, like, 8, 10 years to get the money to do that on your own. Like, there's very few people who play like the 10 yeah. on your note uh, on their own. So at some point you're probably going to have to take the lunge and do business with other people or start selling pieces or something, but I would uh I would really implore most young people to enjoy like the grind and the lower stakes tournaments and putting in a lot of time and just enjoying crafting their game and studying and getting as good as they can get. And one of the highest earners for 2013 that I had was a guy who played on European networks Played from 3 in the morning to 10 in the morning in uh, Canada, and I, I think his average buy-in was like $40, and he made uh, like $300,000 that year. And, like, you know, of course, when he told me, he said BS, and then, you know, I, may, I I said BS, and then I was, you know, I had to go through his holding manager to do a lot of things, and I had to go through his results, and I was like, oh, my God, you know. So the money's still out there in the lower stakes. So that's kind of both sides of the coin. Anyway, thank you, Barry, yeah. again. Yes. Uh,
0: okay last question we have here this is quite an in-depth one oh. and I replied to the guy and said you know just for sheer uh, effort he's put into the email we've got to deal with it so um, <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, here we go uh, hi my name is Tom Grady at Gotta on Twitter it's a uh, big long thing so I'm not going to bother spelling <laughs> it I just just search Tom Grady at Gotta with lots of T's on Twitter Um, I have to thank you guys for providing me with plenty to listen to for my commute on the NYC subway. Um, Love the podcast, and I've recently uh, really appreciate you and Alex. uh, If you could discuss a hand, I recently played in a $5 rebuy on Bovada. I'm a US player, so not many options. I can provide more details on how the hand played out if needed, but if uh, I only think this is relevant, so he's then pasted in like a, an entire hand history with like HUD stats and everything. So obviously, for a podcast, uh, it's not going to translate great, but I'll, I'll give you the key points, right. and if there's anything right. you need, then you can do it right. So uh, it's a fifteen hundred guaranteed five dollar rebuy. Um, the blinds are eight hundred sixteen hundred with a hundred and sixty. Uh, ante. The hijack has 31 big blinds, the cutoff has 66 big blinds, and himself, the hero on the button, uh, has 70 big blinds. Um, Okay, now, the hijack raises, min raises to 3200. The cutoff calls, and the button uh, calls with Queen of Diamonds, King of Clubs. So, the pot is now 13,120, and the flop goes 10 of hearts, 4 of clubs, jack of clubs. So,
1: uh, repeat that flop again.
0: Uh, 10 of hearts, 4 of clubs, jack of clubs.
1: Okay, and he has, uh, what? what's his stuff in
0: has, hand? He has king of clubs, queen of diamonds, okay, so he's he has open, the
1: open-ended. Door. Yeah, uh, he has the backdoor in the open end. Okay yeah uh the hijack
0: bets out forty eight fifty and then the cutoff raises to twelve thousand three hundred and forty five what what do you do
1: fold you're uh so. you I, if you're up against a if you're up against a flush draw there you're not doing that well uh back in the day people used to fold flush draws there a lot uh if you put in the third bet Like if you put in the third bet there back in the day, I used to put in the third bet there a lot because if you think about it, if the first guy led with ace jack uh, and he sees a raise and a re-raise back in the day, I think a lot more people would have folded that hand than now. Of course there would have been a lot of crying and like, I can't believe this. And then they would have folded and it it was pretty likely with a flush rod as well. Obviously online people have always liked not folding but you know, when it goes against a raise and a re-raise, a lot of people, I think, used to want to fold that a lot. Whereas now, the tendency I think is really just kind of get it in, you know, it, it, which is you know not like a horrible way to play. Uh, I personally think if I led Ace jack there and he put in the third bet, uh, I would have folded it in the hijacks position. But I don't, uh, I don't really think. It's not that, uh, I, I don't really think that's that popular these days. So if you're not really sure you're going to fold out a flush draw, you'll be a dog there. I don't think you're going to fold out top pair. Uh, and it, when the guy raises and there's a player to act behind him, and he's not raising into like any pansy stack there, that's a they, that's a pretty hefty stack, like 30 plus big blinds, you know what I mean? He's not putting a 25x, 22x stack in that raise preflop. Uh, I think you have a bit of a problem. Uh, the other thing is, this follows under the category, I, really, uh, I named this article Tournament Theory. Uh, Bluff, in their infinite wisdom, changed it to Slow Down, which uh, I, I, I don't know, I didn't like that title. But uh, they, uh, it, it's on, uh, if you Google Bluff Slow Down, my overall tournament theory is like, okay, you on the subway uh, are listening to podcasts about hand history reviews. You, uh, in... Hello? Hey, can you hear me?
0: Can hear you? now. yeah. Yeah.
1: Where did it it cut out? Uh,
0: Just you on the subway are listening to hand history. Okay,
1: you on the subway are listening to hand history. And the Korean subway is listening to hand history reviews and trying to review, and I wanted it. You know what I mean? I really wanted to be good at poker and uh i think if you have that level of hunger like i'm identifying that you do have like i'm identifying with you so i'm presupposing you have the that kind of hunger but if like in your commute you're studying hands and i assume at work you know when you have a free moment you're studying hands and when you're playing you know i you're put you're putting up with the american sites, which i actually think is a great move I know I have a lot of friends who are making a lot of money from Bovada. Uh, they're they're making really considerable sums. You know what I mean? And I mean it, it, it's kind of like a it's kind of like the bad game in town. There there was always like a home game that was kind of senior, and you knew one time it was the better hello better game. Hey, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's like the connection's going a little bit. Uh, it's the connection?
1: Here, here, let me change my... You, uh... You're editing. I'm... Hold on a second.
0: It's okay.
1: All right, changing connect. How about now? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. How about now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, I switch. Okay, <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> okay we're gonna
0: uh so you just have to apologize well, this is what happens when the podcast over Skype from scotland to costa rica <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh and so listeners thanks for putting up with this but i'm not going in and editing that we're just going to stick with it's it free. Yeah. it's
1: free it's, it's free. free it's free yeah, yeah. yeah i want you know i'm putting my heart out for you guys like because i really no like seriously there was a part of me that was like oh man i remember listening to hand histories in the subway man like i remember in like uh I remember, I remember working at my job as a security guard, and like you know, I'd hide my, I'd hide my little earpiece in, and I'd listen to it like the podcasts back then were terrible. I remember there was like a three, three hour bluff podcast where it, it just went on about nothing for three hours, and it was some British guy like uppity about something. But anyway, they like they. Uh, Like, you're playing on Bovada, you're dealing with the options you got, you know what I mean? You're going to the games you got, you're studying poker, you're playing, you're actually, you took the time to write a hand with all these statistics and everything. Excellent. Now, here's what most coaches are going to do. They're going to focus on trying to find whether you are 1% or ahead, or 1% behind in that area. And it is very close. I'm very certain you were behind. And that was, not a, that was a fold. But there's a lot of people that could argue it another way. And I'm not saying they don't have a point, but here's what I'm saying. It's negligible, therefore it's not worth it. It is You are studying poker to the point where if you do not know if there is a profit to be made or not, you should mark the hand, you should investigate it later, but you should not put another chip in because if you are investigating poker frequently you are going to you're going to bring up a catalog of of spots that where you can make considerable money where you know you have a profitable edge this is going to be an all in pot if you put in another raise this is likely going to be more than half of your chips if you're flat you have no idea what to do what are the chances the profit margin here is so good is so good that you should blindly put the rest of your chips in. If you don't know, after all the study you've done, if you're giving up anything, it's only percentages. It's my uh, excuse me. It's only like a percent or two, a couple percent. Your prof, your edge is not that much. You can make that up with the three bet. People are not going to do with a min raise. People. Hello. I love the hey. Yeah, you keep dropping off. Yeah, now I'm on two different Internets. I mean, I All right. <laughs> I switched it to another Internet. I switched it right. to another Internet. It's really dropping off?
0: Uh, well, it did. It did drop off You're back now. Nose. Yeah, you're fine now. Now? Now? Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on. I'm switching it again. Hold. All right. One more time. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. You hear me? Yep. How about now? Yeah. Okay. We're not editing any of this. Barry is doing nothing.
0: That's what. <laughs> that's what
1: I hire him to do. Not that I hire him. But no. <laughs> yeah. This is free. This is free. But the thing. How? How much? Where did I cut off? Tell me that. Uh,
0: you cut off. Let me think. What you were just talking. You were on about not putting in another chip because you're not sure on the decision and you could pick up these chips uh, and other spots like a three bet someone might not do etc
1: yeah this is a great message and i know it's coming through you on very patchy radio shortwave radio (laughs) but i want you to pretend you're reading hieroglyphics that uh tell you the true birthplace of jesus or something okay just pretend that grab a cup of coffee and get into this all right so it's like if you're studying poker that much and you don't know what to do, your margin of profitability probably isn't that high. If you really don't know, the profitability, if you find it there, is probably not that high. Now I'm paranoid when I'm talking. I'm like, are they hearing this? Are they not? Am I just talking to myself? <laughs> but they, uh, it's probably not that high. Mark that hand. Look at it. He folded, right? Am I right?
0: Um, he's got here, what do you do? The best way to think about this hand. My thought process was below. So he's got, my initial thoughts were both have been fairly active and the cutoff is gone. Uh, as you may or not know, Bovada is anonymous, so the HUD stats are only available for the sessions as it's played. Uh-huh. My, my hand is good a fair amount of the time. I believe I get a dream flop, but I have to say, when the hijack bets out, and cut-off raises, I don't believe I can just flat, unless, of course, I'm willing to call the hijack shove and possibly the reshove of the cut-off. I also lose the fold equity, if any, that I have if I actually raise myself, uh, considering if I decide I call the previous scenario if it unfolded. Um, he doesn't say what he did.
1: No, nah, I mean, he put. Play- uh, honestly, but I'm just going to say a lot of people I know who like put this much thought in when they don't find the answer, they fold. And that's good. And if you think about like a Phil Locke. like Phil Locke never put a chip. He's legendary for what a knit he was. You know what I mean? And he yeah. never put a chip in where he didn't know if it was profitable. And this guy's got like 20 different houses or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, and, uh, he was doing very well before, uh, you know, uh, I think he's with a very affluent lady these days, but it, it's, uh, I know so many nits who, uh, like have, you know, like I, there's so many guys I used to think were nits. And then like, I would, you know, I'd be in their country and we'd talk and it'd be like, oh yeah, you can sleep at my place. Right. And I show up at their house and it's like four stories and he's taking his wife to the opera on a Tuesday and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, I can't tell you how many guys who are like, when they don't know what to do, they just put it in who like, you you know, it, it reminds me of this kid who used to play at a place called the club casino in Everett, Washington, who was this wild player and everybody thought he was so good. And one day I found out he worked at McDonald's. Like, I'm not, I'm not lying. Like, and it was just because it used to be, you know, you put in, you think of the players who faded over the years, like, uh, like JJ Prodigy was like the king, all be all, end all when he started in poker, and he was a psychopath. Have you heard anything about him on the live circuit? No. No. <laughs> have you uh, Have you heard anything about Little Holdem in a minute? You know. No. You, know you know what I mean? Like, and I was yeah. a psycho too. You know what I mean? Like, it was. Uh, I had a rule like if the hijack jack opening and the button three bet, I was like four betting. Like that was the rule in two thousand eight because. I mean, I was cold 4-betting from the big big blind because it just worked so often. And then, like, one day it stopped working. And uh I don't think people fold that much anymore. So when you're, like, marginally equitable and you get in the habit of putting all your chips in, yeah, if you're playing, like, 40, 50 tables a day, I mean, 40, 50 tournaments a day with, like, laser, with, like, the insane drive to win like Mormon has, yeah, that's not really a big deal. But I think it's... uh I think it behooves you these days to be much more careful about I think it's wonderful he felt uncomfortable here. When you feel uncomfortable, that's a really good feeling. You need to mark that hand, you need to like go into it and then see what what you could have been doing with it. And I personally think uh I, I personally think like the leading range doesn't have to mean much and the raising range but I mean a guy raising there a a guy leading and another guy raising, I don't think you're going to get a fold here that often with a three bet. I think you could argue, you know, there, there are certain times I do three bet there, but it's pretty rare. And uh, just because it's like, it's so marginal that unless I have a very specific read, which he admits he doesn't have because it's Bovada, I don't think it's really worth pursuing, especially when the number of chips, is so much. Now if you were pursuing what you think was probably a good like pre flop raise, like a good pre flop steal, that's only worth two X. That's not as big of a percentage of your stack. I think your flat here was fine. I think a fold would have been fine. But you only have two X invested here out of seventy X. You know what I mean? You're e I think that's like one point four percent of your stack is lost. Whereas now if you are doing anything and you're not really sure it's like fifty to a hundred percent of your chips. So yeah. I would, uh, and uh, check out my article. I think it's called, I, I think it's called Slowdown on blef.com.
0: Okay, well, thanks for the effort you put into the question, uh, Tom, that was his name. So, um, we hope that's dealt with it. He did have a couple other points, but I think you've covered them, Alex, uh, with your response. It was basically thought pro- process through the hand and stuff. So, uh, um, well, yeah, that's great. Okay, that's all the questions for this episode. Uh, we do apologize for the uh, interference and stuff, but to be honest, we were lucky to get it recorded today, because at the start, as I said, we, we did have a couple of technical problems, which, considering this is now episode 28, plus I've had Alex on the podcast maybe about three or four times before that, um, it's not bad. Uh, this has probably been the most jittery one we've had, so we were due it. We've been running good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Alex, if you could just tell us now about the new video. I posted details on the dot com Facebook group uh, about the pre-order for it. Um, Your new series is called You Flat Too Much. Uh, and I like the names you come up for these things. Like, you know, they stand out like... Uh, what was the other The Pisagno one was... Yeah, why Pisagno is Right. Why Pisagno is Right. You know, they're, they're cool little things. So this new one is called You Flat Too Much, and you mentioned it on previous episodes. So... Uh, if you just wanna tell the listeners about it and uh sell it and then you know, I will put information in, uh, on oneouter.com dot com in the podcast post where you can listen to it. Uh, I'll put the flyer and stuff in there as well and maybe a link to Poker Headrush where it is and stuff as well. Okay. So if you just wanna take people through it.
1: Yeah, sure. Alright, here's my I gotta get my salesman on. But no, seriously, if you're still listening right now, it's kind of funny that the the podcast i'm trying to pitch something as the most technical difficulties but you know murphy's law but uh and we did it at the end so they have to sift through all that crap but if you're here <laughs> if you're here you are a hardcore fan and i thank you for just being a fan i just thank you for sharing the articles and everything but this is this is where we can mutually work together this video there's a lot of stuff when i do my lessons you know there's certain topics like over time that become very apparent to me. everybody is doing wrong or there isn't that much study into it. When I started like uh, my consulting business to supplement my income like four years ago, the big thing was short stacks and that that was uh, and that took like three years for people to really you know get get a hold of. And then we did the why Pythagno was right, and I think we, like, crushed it. The new thing right now is people are flatting too much, and there you got to get around it. And uh, I actually – I like the title for this, though. The only problem is I don't want you guys to think this is only for people who flat – you, you who like if you're one of those guys who's like I five bet spew off everything or I'm always raising or folding this can't be for me no this is about how everybody flats too much you maybe not you but everybody else is flatting so one of the things we talk about is uh uh excuse me i almost coughed but like that if you watch some of my training videos a couple years ago I started advocating, like, you can flat from 30 big blinds with this hand. You can flat with 25 big blinds with this hand. The person's double barrel is going to be extremely uh, innocent. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be very dishonest because if they double barrel, they're pr- pretty much going to have to call the all-in because of the stack sizes. Uh, and that was an incredibly good play for a lot of people. A guy would open from middle position. He'd be opening as, like, 30% of the hands you would flat, and everybody would be like, oh, my God, he flatted from 27X. I'm getting the hell out of here. They would leave you heads up with the guy who would see bet and then never have any plan for the turn, and you were taking pot after pot after pot. I started advocating this about two years ago. I'm not saying I'm the one who made it popular, but I think, uh, if anything, I learned I learn off of a lot of people who don't speak English, who don't watch American training videos, and they have ideas that are very innocent and left on their own, I think, could be developed quite a bit, especially when uh, fused with the expertise of another analyst. And a lot of these plays I took from them, and I think it got popular because of me and other players. Now, if you flat a middle position from a 27x stack, three other people will flat behind. And uh, the big blind is never folding anymore. That's the new thing. Like, I cannot tell you how many queen-three off suits. And 9-2 suited, I see, get flatted from the big blind. Whereas back in the day when I was flatting with Jack-9 suited from the big blind, people were telling me that was sacrilege. And the poker police were going to come ransack my house and leave it on fire because of what I did. And uh, what we're talking about is all different facets of that, uh, how to deal with that entire problem. Now you have to 3-bet more to keep that guy heads up, even when you're on those shorter sacks. So we talk about analyzing analyzing the players in order to do that what kind of four bet statistics you want to see from the person what kind of flat three bet statistics what kind of hand you want to be doing this with what kind of situations are best for that there's over a hundred hand histories where I am using this and if you've seen me a lot of the inspiration for this uh, video series came out of uh, the scoop videos Because obviously the most watched scoops were the 500 rebuy action hour that I got deep in. And people were like, you are three betting like way more than I ever thought people could and stuff like that. And a lot of people, you know, I gave the analysis I could give in the time and they got it on the surface. But I really want you to get in there and be able to win your own tournaments. And uh, before I started advocating this, uh, I started working this. uh, I don't play that much. I play Sundays. I've pretty much only been playing Sundays for the last, like, four months or something, and then being in Vegas and stuff, and uh, five months. No, four months, yeah. So, I mean, you can do the math, but it's probably, like, 12, 13 sessions. I was like, wow, my flattening game just really isn't working the way it used to. And I was working with my students on three betting and stuff, and uh, I started putting this in my game, and I final tabled this Sunday 500. Uh, I final tabled the Scoop 530 rebuy. I final tabled the bigger 162 uh, on a Sunday. Uh, I took 12th in the Sunday 100R. And uh, there's a bunch of other deep runs. This really works. I feel like it really tricks the players. I don't advocate anything I don't – I wouldn't put out there. Uh, I mean, I don't – you guys need it to work because otherwise I don't get to – the reason I like being a coach is I have to deliver. You know what I mean? I have to be – current and i have to be helping you guys unlike a politician i can't keep telling you what's about to happen it has to happen for you guys this really works for me i think it would really work for you i put tens of hours into this there's over a hundred hand histories and the other thing we analyze is all those people flatting from the big blind are they really doing the right thing and we talk about the different uh we talk about the different hands you could be flatting, the different players you should be flatting, when you should be flatting like practically any two and then doing something post-flop, when you should be folding even hands with considerable equity, what you want to look for in a different player, how you can arrive at the equity. And one of the more fun parts we come to is like four-bet semi-bluffing, four-bet bluffing, bluffing, and uh, work showing you how you can do that all on your own with Flopzilla, with Hold-A-Manager, with with a calculator. It's all very basic, like eighth-grade algebra. I'm not really excellent when it comes to math. Uh, It's not even algebra. I wouldn't even put it. If you can, like, multiply on a calculator, you can do all this stuff. You can do a lot of plays that everybody says are like, oh, that's only for, like, a guy with the feel of a savant, the guy who has incredible table feel can do these cold four-bet bluffs, or can flat any two cards and then take away a pot from an opponent, or three-bet practically anything and then take away the pot on later streets. No, it's all very basic. You don't need any muscular tone. You don't need any super superior intelligence. I can prove it to you. The, you can see it in the video. It's, if I can figure it out, you guys can figure it out, because I think I'm a pretty normal dude. I've been around the savants in poker, and I'm not them. But a lot of this stuff is very – it will be easy to understand after you watch the video. It will be much easier to understand. If you keep working with it, it's going to be second nature. The video is $60. It's a uh, it's immediate download. Uh, you send us the email confirming you sent the money. We check you sent the money, and you get a link, and you can download it right then. It comes with – if you download it in this first week – this is going to be available to buy until uh, the end of time, or until my hard drive crashes. I don't know, or when it, it's going to be available forever. But if you if you buy it in the first week, I recorded my W uh, Challenge weekend live, and there was a bunch of deep runs. I think there was like three or four final two table runs, and uh, you get that for free, and you can watch me four table on a W WCOOP Challenge weekend play two Ks play 1Ks, play the majors, play some of the lower stakes tournaments, like $30 buy-ins, $20 buy-ins, and 2 k buy-ins. Watch me do the note-taking. Watch, watch me watch every hand. Take notes on everything. Analyze every statistic. And I do live announcement of every hand. That's free to you guys if you buy it in the first week. It also comes with my HUD. It also comes with some articles that I've had private to myself and my students for the last six months to a year that I've uh, I've published in some like fringe magazines in, in uh, Europe, uh, English speaking Europe. So that should narrow it down. But like I've kept them off the Internet because I just really didn't want the inter- in- information passing around. That'll be yours to watch as well. And uh, there's also going to be a question and answer session. You can send me any question you have about the video so if there's one part that was like oh oh, i i didn't quite catch that could you explain this a little more you can write it to me and i'm gonna record a video that i send out to all of you that i will explain things more if it didn't make sense to you and uh if there's any like question you wanted more of an analysis on like i love doing the hand histories on this show but on this show mostly we have to focus on particular concepts because like yeah. like we, you know, with a hand history, it's kind of hard when you can't see. If you have a hand history you want me to review, I'll review that for you for free just because you bought this in the first week. You send that to me, I'll, like, I'll bring it up on my hand history replayer. I'll show you everything to look for. So it's a great value. It's a great package. I really put my stamp of approval on it. I've spent weeks putting this together. I'm really proud of it. I think this was all the... The other reason I needed to do this was practicality. I've gotten to the point, I, I think it's gotten to the point, I have like 800 different students I've worked with at one time, and many of them were repeat customers. I can't see all of you guys before WCOOP, so I really wanted to create something that you guys could have going into WCOOP that could help you guys get the scores. I showed this to my, uh, one of my best friends, Javier Grant, uh, just to see that it worked for him at lower stakes. And uh, the next day, he won the $5 quad, like the very next day after watching the video. And he hadn't won a tournament in a couple months. It worked for me at the 5.30 rebuy. And this really helps me, guys, like do these kind of uh, podcasts for free. Like uh, we actually, you know, I, I help with the operating costs for this uh, podcast And the reason I do that is because you guys are so kind and buy up so many of the products and uh, you support me so much. I really appreciate that. But if you buy into this, I really promise it's going to get you as far as I could possibly take you into WCOOP. And it helps us keep doing this podcast. It helps you guys get the hundreds of articles I write uh, for free that help you with your game. It'll keep you in the. It, it'll keep this uh, information coming out. It'll keep the analysis coming for you, and you guys can keep grinding and keep grinding. Your forty-hour weeks are just grinding. When you get back home, and, in, uh, and instead of you know you guys having to study twenty hours a week like I have to do, you guys can just study the stuff I put out there for the hour, two hours, and I'll condense everything for you. This. You know, this gets, like, literally, I think, like, a thousand hours of hand history reviews and changing things and changing concepts and changing with the tide of how MTTs are played today into four hours. If you want me to keep condensing the lessons for you and taking you further, we have to work together, and I would really appreciate if you guys got into this one. But, anyway... Thank you for letting me do my whole spiel, Barry. <laughs> that was... Uh, no,
0: so what I said is
1: uh, I can hear myself. Oh, yeah?
0: How about now? Uh, no, it's... No, no I, I still can. <laughs> wow, what
1: What in the world? How about How about now? Hello? Hello? Yeah, you can still <laughs> hear it. Jesus Christ. I don't even hear it here. I don't even... Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Here, uh... I think that might be your connection too, but uh, yeah, I, um, this is uh how about now?
0: No, I can still hear myself coming through.
1: And by the I way, hear. I have edited my entire video, so there's nothing like this on it. <laughs> there is nothing like this. This is why we didn't do it live, because you yeah. can't depend on internet. And that was the other thing, live I can't do like, 100 hand histories you know what i mean and i can't do the whole powerpoint and looping around it and all that but uh how about now barry
0: um no it's, it's fine now oh great it's, uh, it's strange um anyway while it's going good what i'm going to say is if you have managed to last through to this point and i uh, heard all the information i'm going to post the details of alex's new video you flat too much as a sort of flyer in with the details about this podcast so you'll be able to see it all on oneouter.com there'll be lots of information there how to get in touch with alex how to contact him how to order this how to send the money etc and for 60 dollars you know you can tell yourself you're getting a ton of content and um, so check that out and if you have any more questions on it uh, you can contact alex uh, and his assistant you know directly at assassinato coaching at gmail.com and all the details will be there in case this is a complete uh, bomb of a podcast You know, uh, it will be in black and white and you will be able to follow it and I'll share it on Twitter and the uh, Facebook groups and stuff as well um, on that note I think it's a good time to wrap it up Alex and uh, hopefully when we do the next one the uh, gremlins have left the system <laughs> yeah I'm not kidding yeah uh, thanks for listening and uh, get your questions in for Alex next time. Um, also, if you bought the product and stuff and you want to give Alex a review or say anything about it or let people know how good it is, uh, get in touch with us and we can you know deal with that on the air as well. And As ever, questions on any topic, poker, life, gambling, etc., etc., uh, questions at oneouter.com, send us an email. And we'll get them, you know, to Alex and deal with them on the next show. Uh, until then, thanks for listening and putting up with uh you know, a seriously uh, dodgy podcast that <laughs> if we had if we had to edit it, it, it would be, you know there might not be anything left if we cut away. So <laughs>
1: uh Alex, anything to say? check me out on Twitter at the assassinato on facebook.com slash assassinato at pocket fives training is where I do training videos and uh, write me at assassinato coaching at gmail.com so I can send you all the exclusive articles we keep to the subscribers get all the articles early get offers stuff like that all that cool stuff and then uh, the random goodies like rap battles and uh, podcasts and stuff like that Uh, Check out my blog at PokerHeadRush.com. Read my articles at WPTMag.com, Bluff.com, and uh, I guess that's it.
0: Cool. Sounds good. Plenty for everyone to be getting on with there. And uh, I'll see you all next time.
1: Take it easy. Cheers. Thank you for making it this far.
0: Cheers.